Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Miles Bauer. Miles, we're a couple days from the election, finally. Oh, yeah, I am getting real tired of everybody's closing a gap. And <laughs> God, yeah. I, I am just so tired of all of this. <laughs> and, and, you know, and they're and they're making drama out of nothing. Yep. But they're good at it. They're, they're, yeah. I don't know who they are, but holy smokes, are they good at it? But listen, where, where I want to take us, at least for a moment, Miles, is the the level of rhetoric that we've seen in the final week leading up to Election Day, uh, complete with President Biden in his uh, his televised statement midweek. Uh, listen, I find those things, um, I don't want to say alarming because I don't want to sound shrill like them. I find them very concerning because I think that, as you and I have talked about over the years on this show, there's a certain element in our culture where the folks need, they've got mental challenges. And when you start having people of significant authority, like the president, like the the uh, House majority whip for the Democrats saying Nazism is coming, um, the, the, you know, the democracy is in peril, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, that ramps up violence. I don't, I don't care what they say. I get that they're at the end of the rope and they do fear a tsunami. They do see that the, the poles are tightening. The gap is closing. And so they're reaching deep into the, into the uh, pickle barrel trying to come up with anything. I get all of that, but this real threatening nonsense it gets people hurt, and it's not like I have to forecast and wonder if I'm right or not. It gets people hurt every single time. We could go. We could do a whole show on the years that this nonsense has been tried by either side of the divide to ratchet up fear. It's fear-mongering at its worst. Um, I have concerns for how it will impact our culture. What say you, Miles Bauer? Well, the the thing I can't figure out is why did they wait so long? You know, I mean, it's all it's all of a sudden it's late October, early no, November, and then all of a sudden they just go into panic mode. So, are you telling me nobody in the Democrat Party saw any of this coming? I, <laughs> I think they thought that they were going to play local numbers and so keeping in mind back during the republican primary um, across several states including here in michigan and there in illinois you had democrats uh democrat house caucus specifically but democrat aligned political action committees heavily funding folks that they thought were beatable and so i used john gibbs in the in the new third congressional district here in Michigan, as an example, he previously worked uh, for uh, Dr. Ben Carson, part of the Trump administration, um, and 
you know, now he's a, he beat Peter Meyer, uh, sitting congressman in the third district. Democrats piled on. They literally put more money, and this may not be true now. It was the last time I checked it two weeks ago. At that point in time, Democrat far left money was was more invested in his campaign than he was. That was actually through the end of the primary, meaning they felt that he was very, very beatable, and they did that across with, with what they identified as mega candidates. They thought these people are really easy to beat because they're extremists. Well, I got to tell you something. First off, I know John Gibbs. He's not an extreme extremist. The guy is very pragmatic. He's very well educated. He's very reasoned. He doesn't have a racist bone in his body. He's a good man. I don't care if you like him or not. I'm telling him I know you. I know him firsthand personally. He's a good man. They spent last I saw the numbers, uh, four hundred and almost five hundred thousand dollars. Uh, that's half a million dollars on their opposition because they felt he was beatable. Now, we don't know whether he's beatable or not. We won't know that un- until Election Day. But I got to tell you, last I saw polling for John Gibbs, he's within the margin of error in this district, which is now Democrat plus three minimum. And all of a sudden you got this mega candidate that they identified as an extremist that's inside the margin of error in the final week. And I think they're pulling the alarm bells because I think that's true in a number of races across the United States. Yeah, but, you know, the the uh, thing that I, I, I don't follow is historically the party uh, out of power picks up chairs since you and I were kids and probably be before that. Right. Right. And you and I have gone through a couple economic challenging times in our lives and that always gets people's attention. Right. And so I, I, I can't understand. I mean, maybe I can understand why AOC wouldn't see it coming, but I don't understand why some of the senior leaders in the Democrat Party wouldn't have seen this as a perfect storm. I don't think they could say it out loud, but I'm, I can't imagine that they didn't see it coming. And, you know... <laughs> I mean, if you look back at the last two years, they'll immediately blame all of their troubles on either Trump or COVID. And uh, listen, that's just not the reality of our circumstance. Neither right. COVID nor Trump tied off our oil, our oil production. Uh, neither Trump nor COVID caused our our um, refinement of of uh, oil to be outrageous in cost. And getting worse, not better. Shutting, shut. The, 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 those things can't be blamed for that. Neither COVID nor Trump was showing illustrated graphic porn in elementary school and calling on drag queens to be a part of the, literally a part of the curriculum. Those things weren't COVID. Those things weren't Trump. Those have invigorated the base on the right like I've never seen it before. But the irony to them using the Hitler slam, when I, by the way, I've always repelled that regardless of which side of the divide used it. It's a tremendous insult to the millions of people that man murdered to say, we don't like you, so you're a Hitler. That's just 
idiocy in the extreme is what I would identify it as. But they do that because they don't want to have the argument about why Whitmer locked Michigan down for a year and a half and closed a full one-third of the businesses. She doesn't want to have the conversation now about why red states immediately recovered significantly better than Michigan's recovery. Don't want to have those conversations. So instead they're advocating for abortion till birth and calling anybody that disagrees with abortion till birth a radical. And well, wait a minute. Even most pro-abortion people, most of them don't think abortion till birth is reasonable. They just don't. I've never met anybody on the street in the course of my political positions or this radio show, far left that hates me, etc., that went, yeah, abortion till birth is reasonable. I've never met anybody that said that, but they're campaigning on it. And to your point, now they're shocked there might be a red tsunami. Most folks, especially independents in the middle, are looking at this stuff going, oh, stop. Is that right? 30 seconds, Miles, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, somehow I have to believe Joe Sixpack Democrat is not, is not buying this. Well, listen, Joe Sixpack Democrat has long since been thrown out of the Democrat Party as, oh, yeah. they're, as they pursued a coalition of, well, we'll talk about that another time. Folks, stay with us. We've got to go to a break, but we'll be right back. All right, listen, Miles Bauer. Let's let's. Can we do some clickbait stuff for a moment? Okay. <laughs> so this is an article from MSN.com. It's their title. Their title says, "We are a tinderbox. Political violence is ramping up." Experts warn. And by the way, keeping in mind that before the break, I went on at some length about how I think what the President Biden has done and what their Senate, uh, their House has said. I think that rhetoric calls for violence. I I fervently believe and that they're wittingly knowing that this will cause violence. But when I read this article from MSN, and I th- initially when I saw it, by the way, I thought, wow, MSN agrees with me. And so I, I clicked on it. It's clickbait, to your point. And I read it, and it's a big, gigantic litany of why they think the right wing is extremist and that they threaten violence. So I went through it, and I studied it with a fine-tooth comb. As shocking as it must be to everybody, they did not mention when liberals stormed the Senate uh, um, nomination hearings for Kavanaugh, they did not mention anybody clawing at the doors of the Supreme Court. They didn't mention any of the cities burning from sea to shining sea. They didn't mention the cordoning off of a large chunk of a major West Coast city. They didn't mention any of that stuff. They didn't mention people being run down, uh, conservatives being run down, conservatives being shot, uh, a, a congressional House member being shot. They didn't mention any of that stuff while they're worried about violence that might come to pass. 
Miles, what are they doing to America? This is a veiled way of silencing their opponents. This is censorship. They, they are going to say, if you disagree with us, you obviously must be a Nazi and a racist and a white supremacist and a homophobe and a transphobe and a bigot. And it's, it, it is a very veiled way to censor people that don't agree and walk in lockstep with their view. So, so to your point, it, the implication I'm getting from you is that they want to shut people like us up. Is that right? Yeah, I mean they are they are in effect killing the First Amendment. They are on purpose. Um, yeah. I, I and by the way, if you look at polling, I can't, I shouldn't even go there because I don't have it in front of me to cite. But polling shows that college level students are really, really forty five and fifty percent believe that prison time or more should be caused uh, should be should be the punishment for what is now defined as hate speech. Those things, folks, are are fearsome. I'll tell you this. Here's my prediction for for us looking forward. Generations to come will not reflect back at this era as another era of enlightenment because we're not. But the irony to them calling you and I or anybody that we know, anybody that I work with within the state Republican Party at least, to identify those folks as, you know, Hitler-esque, etc., is insanity because most of them are classical liberal. They're Jeffersonians. They want limited government. They want to just go out and live their own life without somebody telling them what they can and cannot do. That's like the opposite of what Hitler says. And by the way, it's the opposite of what Stalin said. And I I raise that final point because whenever the left is running around pointing at people calling them Hitler-esque, they never, ever, 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 ever use the term Mao or Stalin. Why is that, Miles Bauer? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, as you and I witnessed with the Wicked Witch of the North over the last couple of years, there is a very strong authoritarian streak yep. that is, is evident in um, some... And I met, and I want to emphasize some of the prominent Dem- Democrats. They're not all authoritarian, but the Wicked Witch of the North, man, uh, leveraging a World War II law yep. to lock down the Whitmer Correctional Facility. I mean, what is that about? What? What, what are you thinking in your mind when you do that? So she took a 1945 law in and utterly turned our state here, folks, into a single political party unicorn form of government. That's what she did. And then immediately after that storm passed, she went after the abortion issue and having a fit over a law from 1931 because that was antiquated, old, shouldn't be on the book, should be ignored. Wait a minute. You liked that old law, but not that old law. I... I I listen. I I fear when they work so hard to tribalize us, and they do it with words that that cause anger. And I yep. and I submit they're doing the cause the anger part on purpose. So when I look back at what they've campaigned for for the last two months, 
They didn't. They did not campaign to help folks that are raising three, four, or five children, two children, that, to help save them from monster utility bills coming this winter. That those folks that are making a decision between putting fuel in their vehicle or paying their mortgage, they didn't. They don't even address those issues. They're they're focused on abortion till birth uh, in January six. By the way, that's now the last number I saw at January 6th. They've spent $10 million inside that committee on January 6th. And I think to myself, holy smokes, you said you were there to help folks. $10 million without government taking a slice sure would have went a long way to help a lot of people. I, I, I don't understand who they are, Miles. I don't. I I. I have got to believe Joe, Joe Sixpack Democrat is far more worried about inflation, putting food on their table, feeding their uh, kids than they are January 6th. I just cannot believe I, I, that Joe, Joe Sixpack Democrats worried about January 6th. I, I agree with you. What concerns me is that if, if that person you're talking about, man or woman, any ethnicity, if that person is getting their news from the New York Times, from CNN, from MSNBC, et cetera, they don't, they don't have, they have no idea what we're talking about. So I, as yeah, I've, but, ta- I've but, talked but, about, go ahead. But the, the one, the one thing I would push back is that they are still there at the cash register at the local grocery store. Right. And their eyes are still popping out of their head when the final tally comes in to buy their groceries right so even if they are getting indoctrinated by their television or their radio or whatever social media they use it is still a reality what they're seeing at the gas pump and at the grocery store when you and i owned a restaurant in 1985 ish 86 87 what we charged then we're seven times higher now for any of the meals on our menu. Seven times higher. And folks will say, oh, Mike, stop it. That was years ago. I get that. So I immediately look at income. Income has doubled. So I go, wait a minute. Six to seven times double versus double. How does that math work? Um, I, I, I think, though, that the person you're talking about that's outraged at the gas pump they're getting a source of information from MSNBC, et cetera, that says that's Donald Trump's fault. And they believe that. They right. literally believe that. Even though history, even though what their own eyeballs documented would demonstrate that is not true. I, I think that's flabbergasting to me. Not, right. not that they think that they're being told it. Right. That goes back to what you said all along. We've got different... Rev- different information streams and that causes two Americas. Um, And that's, and now you've got them out fanning the verbal flames of trying to, I believe trying to cause violence. And I think that's very, very fearsome. I absolutely do. Listen, folks, we've got to go to a break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back.
folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Miles Bauer. Listen, before we jump back into it, just a, a couple things I want to remind you first. Reach out to me at Mike at themikehewittshow.com, or you can find me on Facebook. You can find the show on Twitter. You can find the show on Facebook. Um, ours, I do a feature, 60-second feature. Uh, um, in fact, we'll play it somewhere um, during this episode. But that's out on uh, TikTok. The show is aired on a bunch of radio stations, and thank you all. And we're also on Spotify um, and uh, Apple Podcasts. So now the old saying is, is you can take us wherever you need to go. So, Miles, what do you think of, <laughs> I can't even say this without laughing, future leadership of the Democrat Party, Democrat Caucus in the uh, U.S. House of Representatives uh, uh, Schiff for brains. Um, <laughs> he is, I mean, you know, <laughs> he has gotten so much wrong. He has lied so much throughout the years. That makes him a how great Democrat guy, leader. How how could this guy even consider being the uh, speaker? I mean, not that not that Pelosi has a whole bunch of credibility, but I mean. Schiff for brains. He is a cartoon. He, he <laughs> but he's a lot of fun. <laughs> he just yeah. is. Yeah, boy, that that guy there. Now, and that speaker. Let me just let me just push back uh, slightly. He may be the House Minority Leader, but he does not have a speakership in his future, no. because regardless of where everybody thinks Tuesday is going to end up. The Republican Party absolutely will take the House of Representatives. And when I say take it, I mean overwhelmingly take it. Uh, and can, listen, can I touch on something, uh, Miles, that's not in show notes today? I just sure. queued myself up. You know, I've, I've often made this joke, but it's true. The only thing Tip O'Neill ever said that I agree with is that all politics is local. And I say that because I don't know about you, Miles, but my my uh, cell phone, my email, are absolutely blown up with people requesting money for candidates all, everywhere. Alaska, California, yeah. Texas, Ohio, I live in Michigan. And I, listen, when we have all of our political offices now nationalized, I think that's fearsome for our system of states and federal government to nationalize all of these races, both emotionally and, and financially. Am I overreaching with that fear? No, because I think it, it, it plays into the idea of, of exactly what the founding fathers did not want. They did not want a strong central government. But yet, I think our friends on the wrong side of the aisle, they do want a strong central government. Right. Um, listen, they've, they've been doing this for years, um, 25 years, maybe, maybe longer. Absolutely through the tenure of this, of this show, that's 10 years. Because I remember several times through several election cycles, me complaining about the left, so a, a Democrat here in my community receiving money from California, crazy big money. And I'm going, wait a minute, that's not right. I don't believe it's right, but now the Republicans have been forced to, to do the same thing in kind. Yeah. 
I, I just think that's a slippery slope for those uh, that stand with us and support our Constitution and therefore states' rights, um, right. the, specifically the Tenth Amendment and those things that cause us to be able to control our local our local world. And I, I, I fear that money is powerful. And the idea that somebody wants me to send money to Arizona, even if I support that candidate, by the way, I'm busy here knocking on doors and giving candidates that I know, and, and, and the reason I know them, it's not because I'm anybody, but it's because I made a point of meeting them. I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. It, right. not, not reading what we saw on, you know, fake book or somebody sent me a meme and I better quick send a check to somebody I'll never, ever, 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 ever meet that lives 1,200 miles away. I, I don't understand the thinking behind that other than more money is better, I guess. But when I say that they spent almost a, a half a million dollars, Democrats, on John Gibbs against him, actually for him, trying to get him to win the primary, I, that money came from everywhere except for the 3rd District. That's a problem to me, Miles. I just, it is. Maybe I'm overreacting because everybody seems to think it's great. I don't. Well, you and I have battled back and forth about money. And, you know, keep, keep in mind, Donald Trump spent 25% of the money in 2016 that Hillary spent. Right. So, you know, the uh, Dems want us to think that money is ev everything. But they be they believe they believe that, by the way. Oh, I know. And so, yeah. and, and so, using your example with Trump, I'll use the example here in Michigan with our our the, the Republican gubernatorial um, candidate uh, Tudor Dixon. Um, the, the Wicked Witch of the North has spent a couple hundred times more than Tudor wow. Dixon, literally, has been able to spend. Um, and there, it depends on who's telling the story, Tudor Dixon, they're either tied or Tudor's out in front a couple points. And so, once again, that proves your point. And that is, it's not money, it's it's what are you doing? What can you do? Who are you? Is that well, right? And, and, and I, I saw the TV down here, President Obama, went up there to um, root for the Wicked Witch of the North. And yet, um, it sounds like he didn't go anywhere because I didn't see any follow-up where Witless is back in the lead. No, she's not in the lead. And listen, I got to tell you, at that rally that he did, um, he had hecklers. He had a lot of hecklers. Oh, yeah. That were loud and numerous. Um, and, and listen, I'm not an Obama fan and I bet I side with most of the issues with those hecklers. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, you and I, when we were young, um, this how Ludwig would be projecting it that way back when you guys were young. <laughs> I wasn't a Jimmy Carter fan, but the idea of going to a rally to heckle him, it didn't occur to me back then. I, we right. just didn't do that stuff. And I, 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 I guess I push back a little bit of the lack of decorum. One of the things I think our society, skip the politics for a minute, societally, one of the things that I think that we've lost is mutual and self-respect. 
I think that's a big problem. Um, I think it's 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 probably cursory behind behind the violence that we're seeing uh, and a whole bunch of other things. I don't know when that started. Maybe it's an ebb and flow thing uh, throughout the era of the United States. I don't know those things, but I know that respect now is significantly lower on both sides of the divide than it was when you and I were watching Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan. Well, and I think that that you and <clears throat> that we had talked about this last week that when you and I were kids, there was a lot more reaching across the aisle about things. Uh, and and our our environment, our political environment these days makes that virtually impossible. Right. Now you and I saw many images of Tip O'Neill speaking of him and Ronald yep. Reagan having their weekly dinner. Uh, it was and it was perched on the concept of we're not probably going to convince each other of these major issues, but we still have to move the country forward. And to the point you're making, that culture is not possible now. They, right. I mean, they just it isn't. We watched that with Donald Trump and Pelosi with that, and uh, uh, Chucky Schemer when the three of them were in a room somewhere during the Trump era, Trump administration where it was vitriol in that room. It wasn't, what can we do for America? And that's an unfortunate cultural statement more than do even you, a political. Do you we've, even see that in the Michigan State House? I, I do. Hold that thought because we've got to go to a break. Okay. All right, Miles Bauer, right when we went to break, you were talking about the State House in Michigan, whether I saw that vitriol like we're talking about in D.C. and maybe even culturally. The, the short answer for your question is yes, it is not as bad as it is in D.C., but that goes to the me whining earlier about how most of those races have been nationalized and that's really picked up the uh, the vitriol. What what we're seeing locally is, if I make a statement as the third congressional district chair for the Republican Party, if I make a statement on, I've got to where I don't, by the way, um, because the left just pounds it. They go crazy over it. Like my 60-second feature on TikTok, um, the left, they don't say we just disagree or I'm not going to watch him. They go crazy over it, make outrageous comments. More often than not, have nothing to do with what the 60-second feature is about. And those things, Miles, I just and I say this to both sides. I don't think that kind of thought process serves our interests in total. I just don't. I don't. I don't go to leftist. Twitter sites, I don't do that. I, I'd much rather, to yours and I's agreement, I would much rather beat them in the arena of ideas than try to shout them down. Is that a true statement? They, they want to say, this is the way to go, and if you don't agree with me, you're a fascist or you're a bigot or you're a racist. Yeah, so that's, that's the catch-all of saying we want unity – and the only way for us to unify is for you to agree with us. Right. Well, <laughs> that's not how it works. 
And that's right. not what Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan did. There were things they were never going to agree on, but they respected themselves first, and then they respected each other. And they were able to get a lot done. That both sides, by the way, look back at. One of the reasons Ronald Reagan's approval numbers are sky high to this moment is because he got stuff done at a time, by the way, when Democrats controlled the legislature. So you think they'd be, you think we could look back and say, man, culturally, that's how we ought to be. But Ludwig, if he were here, he'd say no. And speaking of Lud, can we talk about uh, hyperinflation for a minute? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't help myself. Where, where is that? Have you got that show note, Miles, for hyperinflation? Yeah, the hedge fund guy that we should anticipate hyperinflation. Yep. Uh, he thinks it's, a his words, global societal collapse as a result of hyperinflation. So it sounds like he's projecting that the free world will become like the Weimar Republic did in the 20s. I, I don't know. Hey, listen, before I forget, though, Jared, will you play that? Mike Hewitt here. I get such a hoot out of Democrat leadership. Single-party advocates like Michigan's Governor Whitmer used COVID to take and keep authoritarian power over millions. They stole two years of education from our young and think drag queens and illustrated porn belong in elementary schools. They've purposely driven the cost of energy through the roof and caused inflation to reach heights most of us have never seen before. They're worried about the democracy? Get real. Republicans are concerned about their children and the economy while Democrats are focused on abortion and their $10 million January 6th House investigation. I think that sentence characterizes the divide perfectly. Let's think about it. Everybody is reeling from skyrocketing inflation and a cultural calamity, an increase in depression, anxiety, violence, drug use, and suicide. And they're focused on abortion on January 6th? They're worried about our democracy? Seriously. Get beyond the obvious. Come visit the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Miles, can you imagine a progressive not liking that short piece? Oh, I know. I mean, what's not to like? No, you know what? If if we we had a progressive on the uh, phone right now, yep. they would be saying that Mike is talking about the end of democracy. Yeah, there's an end of democracy. By the way, I got to correct both sides of the aisle on that. Because the, the left is a democracy, the right is a republic, and what, but what our founders left us is a hybrid. It is a democratic republic. So one of the first political parties, Thomas Jefferson, was the Democrat-Republican Party. I, 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 history and facts, are, are they're important. Um, that's what I think. I didn't mean to take us in a direct, different direction, Miles, but I wanted to make sure I played that um, before we went. So are you going to send uh, Adam Schiff some money to help him with his leadership? Well, I, I already have and probably will again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Poor Ludwig. If I would still be on hyperinflation if he were here because he challenged us so much. And Trump, by the way, folks, Trump was still in office. We're talking about uh, episodes of this show back in March, April, May of 2020, when you yeah. and I started throwing off the warning signs, inflation, and I use the term hyperinflation, and he took me to school 
Well, I'd have rather been wrong, Ludwig, wherever you're at. So, <laughs> Manchin calls for compromise on Social Security, Medicare, as other Democrats go on attack. So my question for you is, do you think that Senator Joe Manchin is at the end of his career unless he switches parties the next time he's up for election? Yeah, because I think uh, Schemer tricked him. Schemer gave him the... That'd be um, Chucky Schemer. Yeah. Gave him the um, pipeline that he wanted. But in that bill, too, there is a tax on coal, which is going to directly affect West Virginia. Right. Yeah, I, I don't see a way out of him. His the, the Democrat base is not going to support him. Most of the folks, to your point, are going to be directly, very negatively impacted by that nonsensical bill that the left are clapping like penguins over. Um, I think you're right. I think he got suckered in. Yep. Um, that's what I think. Police mm -hmm. exodus. Uh, this is a, let me read the whole thing properly. This is from Fox News. Police exodus crisis. Officers are ditching the job at a rate never be never seen before. Uh, and they add, we have a crisis right, right now in manpower. Um, listen, I, I don't, I don't want to belabor this, but who in the right mind right now in this culture would say, yeah, please pin a badge on me. When, when I, when I read this, yep. I thought of you and I talking about Jim Brown a couple of years ago. Yep. When, uh, Jim said, re, re tire, get out of there. Yep. And listen, I've asked him a number of times. Uh, and by the way, folks, Jim Brown is who he's talking about. He started out as a Pontiac City police cadet and then left it as a detective. He spent his entire career as a city police officer, had a very good career. And I asked him, do you miss it? I can't say his words because FCC won't let me, and neither will Jared. But I got the general impression, no, he does not miss it. He said there is no amount of money that would ever get me to do that again in this in this culture. He said, I miss some of the guys I worked with, but there's nothing else I miss. He gets very passionate about a job that he used to absolutely love. And when I had offices in downtown Pontiac in the early 90s, I'd have both policemen and firemen come to visit. And usually there's a little bit of rivalry between those two departments in a city. So I'd have a bunch of firemen up there drinking my coffee, free coffee, Every one of those boys, would, ah, Jim, Jim Brown, he's the best cop that they've got. This is the guy that says, I would never do that job again. We need to think about that. Because if we don't have police officers, like them or not, I know everyone likes to watch TikTok where somebody's running around with a camera trying to get a cop to do something negative so they can get a lot of views on TikTok. Listen, if we don't have them, our culture is beyond free fall without somebody keeping the reins in on that 2 or 3% of our popular that don't seem to control itself. We're down to 30 seconds, Miles Bauer. What say you? Whoever you are planning to vote for, please go out and vote. Oh, amen. Amen. Uh, the whole argument about voter, we've got to win 
resoundingly to send a message that no, none of that stuff belongs in our elementary schools. Yes, we need police officers. Yes, we actually want a balanced budget. budget. $30 trillion is not acceptable. It's important. Folks, do me a favor. Please be safe. Send me an email. Don't forget, Mike at the Mike Hewitt Show dot com spotify podcasts uh, come find us folks be safe we'll see you next week